No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 102 where the psalmist cries out to the Lord in his affliction. He has felt God's anger, but he prays for mercy on Jerusalem. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. Psalm 102. The title is A Prayer of the Afflicted When He is Overwhelmed and Pours Out His Complaint Before the Lord. Now, can we not relate to this? I mean, however you feel about the present pandemic, whatever your thoughts are on politics, many of us feel afflicted and overwhelmed in these days. So what do we do? The psalmist honestly pours his heart out before the Lord. His complaint to God is not one of rebellion or fault-finding, but of earnest sorrow over what he sees happening. Whom can he cry out to but God? Verse 1, hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. So hear my prayer, Lord, when we are despondent. Who else can we cry out to but the Lord? In fact, people do seek comfort in many other things. But who has the power to save? Who has the power to change circumstances but God? Do not hide your face. At times, it does seem that God is hiding his face. Even Jesus experienced that while on the cross. God may hide his face during times of chastisement or discipline, but relatively speaking, these are only moments. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Answer me speedily, he says. Now, when enduring affliction, we may feel that we cannot last another moment. We pray with greater intensity because we need God to answer us swiftly. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying this, but we must continue to trust him even if his answer does not come according to our schedule. God delivers his answers in the right time, not necessarily our time. Verse 3, for my days are consumed like smoke and my bones are burned like a hearth. My heart is stricken and withered like grass so that I forget to eat my bread because of the sound of my groaning. My bones cling to my skin. I am like a pelican of the wilderness. I am like an owl of the desert. I lie awake and am like a sparrow alone on the housetop. So he says, my days are consumed like smoke. Days became weeks, weeks became months, and they were all up in smoke. Time may appear to pass slower while we suffer, and the days seem to be wasted, but are they really? Man works during times of prosperity, but God accomplishes his greatest work in us during times of affliction. Psalm 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. I forget to eat my bread, he says. He was so troubled he forgot to eat. A waning appetite is a sign of poor health, whether physical, mental, or spiritual. He then points to three birds, 
to illustrate the loneliness that he feels. A pelican in the wilderness, an owl in the desert, a sparrow on the housetop. Now he's grieving for his city and his people, but nobody joins him. Like a sparrow on the housetop, he is the sole watchman on the wall. Everyone else is too selfish, indifferent, or proud to see what he sees and to lament as he laments. My enemies reproach me all day long. Those who deride me swear an oath against me, for I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping because of your indignation and your wrath. For you have lifted me up and cast me away. My days are like a shadow that lengthens, and I wither away like grass. My enemies reproach me. Not only was he alone in his grieving, but others reproached him for it. They didn't understand and thought that he was nothing but a gloomy predictor of doomsday. They made fun of him and took none of his warnings seriously. They were like Lot's sons-in-law when he pled with them to leave Sodom before it was destroyed, but they laughed at him. I eat ashes like bread. Now his only food were the ashes that he put upon his head while he was mourning because of your indignation. Now it is likely that the psalmist wrote of one of the times when the enemy attacked Jerusalem such as with the Assyrians or the Babylonians. God had promised that if they would keep his covenant, then one of them would chase a thousand of the enemy troops. The fact that they were under siege by the enemy was evidence that God was angry with them for their disobedience. Now, it is one thing to feel that you are the victim of circumstances beyond your control or if you're attacked or threatened or bullied by some other person or people. But it is quite another thing to feel that God is angry with you. And if that is the case, then to whom can you turn for help? My days are like a lengthening shadow. As shadows lengthen near the end of the day, so the psalmist felt that his days on earth were numbered. Life was ebbing from his soul. He was withering away like grass. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever. And the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. For your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion and he shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. You shall endure forever. In contrast to the brevity of his life, the Lord would endure forever. God could afford to wait for changes in the circumstances, but he didn't have that much time. You will have mercy on Zion. The psalmist believed that God would arise and be merciful toward Jerusalem. He believed that the time of God's favor was at hand. Now, in times of great spiritual darkness, such as we are now experiencing, the time of God's favor is at hand. The pendulum swings only so far before changing direction. Falsehood advances only so much before truth overtakes it. We must pray that God will be merciful to our nation, believing that it will happen because God delights in mercy. He says so. 
We don't control the times that God fixes by his own authority, but we do control the times that we pray. If we humble ourselves and turn from our sins and earnestly pray for revival, then revival will surely come. And if revival begins in the church, then it will bring awakening to the world. Do you believe that? When Nehemiah led the people to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, they took pleasure in laying each stone in the wall. Likewise, we must take pleasure in building the church of Jesus Christ one stone at a time. He said they show favor to her dust. Even the dust of Jerusalem was cherished. Likewise, the least member of the church, the weakest believer who is in and out of church, the most stubborn of the sheep, must all be cherished as those whom Jesus considers his treasures and his bride. He purchased them with his own blood, and we must pray that God gives us the same love for them that he has. When we demonstrate loving favor to the dust of the church, and we are all made of dust, then revival will come. The nations shall fear the Lord. When the world sees the church loving one another in grace and truth, then they will fear the Lord, and awakening will come. The Lord shall build up Zion. We seek to build the church, but we are completely dependent upon the Lord. Upon this rock I will build my church, Jesus said, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. When we do our part, the Lord adds to his church daily those who are being saved. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute. The poor, despised, and discouraged will at last be heard by God when they earnestly cry out to him alone. This will be written for the generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord, for he looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven the Lord viewed the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to release those appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem, when the peoples are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord." So the psalmist is not just writing for himself or for his own generation, but he's looking forward to the generation to come, that those following him would put their hope in the Lord. For God hears the prisoner and releases the condemned. This is what Jesus did. He came to set captives free, those who were held captive by their own sins, and to release those who were on death row, the condemned. Of course, the wages of sin is death, and we were all on death row prior to Jesus coming and delivering us and giving us eternal life. To declare the name of the Lord. And that's why the Lord sets us free. That's why he delivers us, so that we may declare his glories, declare his name. Of course, the name Jesus means Yahweh saves. When the peoples are gathered to serve the Lord. And what's ultimately going to happen is that Jesus will come again and establish his kingdom in Jerusalem. He will sit on the throne of David and all the nations will be gathered and serve and worship him. He weakened my strength in the way. 
He shortened my days. I said, oh my God, do not take me away in the midst of my days. Your years are throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them and they will be changed, but you are the same and your years will have no end. The children of your servants will continue and their descendants will be established before you. So he says, the Lord weakened my strength. He shortened my days. My life is brief, but he, he lives for eternity. And so he says, so don't take me away in the midst of my days. Give me some time here. Don't take me out of my prime. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. God has put in our heart the desire to survive. He said, you are the same forever. Even though the heavens and the earth will pass away, they will all be consumed with great fervent heat and God will create a new heavens and a new earth. Uh, but God remains the same. The heavens may wear out and they are winding down. The universe wasn't created to last forever, but God remains the same. And the children of your servants will be established. That's what we hope for, we pray for. We seek to labor that our children, our grandchildren will rise to greater spiritual heights than we have and will have even greater influence upon their generation than we have had on ours. May God make it so. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow we look at Psalm 103, the masterful work of David where he blesses the Lord for all his benefits. God is eternally merciful and gracious. He remembers our frame that we are dust. He pities us as a father pities his children. We have so many reasons to praise him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.